you like dungeons? Do you like dragons? Do you like dick jokes? Then listen to the Dragon Fisters actual play podcast every week at thedragonfisters.blogspot.com. Don't worry, we'll be gentle. This is John. And this is Vince. And you're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Creating legends one die at a time. Hey everybody, this is our episode zero of our new Rogue Trader campaign being run by none other than Neil, who's like three quarters of the podcast now. Hi Neil. Whee! <laughs> we've, we've got a great cast on here tonight. We've got Neil running. We've got uh, Kevin who is a, a, a nerd-bound listener. We've got roped into this project here. <laughs> Glad to be here, guys. Thanks. There you go. Sorry, I cut you off. Applause for being a fan. Anything that boosts my ego makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Jesse, the, uh, the, the um, driving force behind the Dragon Fisters. Hey, Jesse. Yo. I'm gonna give him Audio a was horrible tonight. Running games because running games is fucking hard. <laughs> Especially when all your crew wants to do is uh is run around with their heads cut off and uh, and then cut each other's heads off. That's uh, most games, so you're running games. <laughs> all right, I don't have that many. No one's killed them. No one's killed other party members in Fear itself so far. So. So far, so good on our side. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> oh, and we've also, for those of you who are familiar with the Dragon Fisters, we've got John as well. Hey, John. Hey, John. How's it going? It's going good. Thanks for coming. John and John. That's going to be so confusing. Well, technically, John is Bessie. If we yeah, carry he's... that over from the Dragon Fisters. Yeah, that actually made it a lot less confusing with the fisters, so that works for me. I didn't know how to pronounce that, so I was just double-checking. Is it Bessie, like Jesse? Yeah. Like, like okay. Bessie, like the cow. Okay. Cool, cool. All right, we're, we're missing one player so far. We also have Dave from the Dragon Fisters is going to be playing with us, but he uh, got stuck at work. He's picking up a uh, shift due to a call-out, so that person can eat a dick. You're welcome. Yeah, fuck that person. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah. So we'll have Dave grind their bones in the corpse starch that I then eat for sustenance. I would. <laughs> what I'm exactly. Saying. So th- this is what this is what you guys are tuning in for. This is what this game is going to be like. So it's going to be fucking amazing, guys. Because I feel like I've only gotten better at running. I feel like I've gotten better at Warhammer 40k, and you're going to do some crazy ass shit. We're well, we're looking and forward to it. Ever playing Warhammer, so it's gonna fucking suck. <laughs> Dark as balls. <laughs> That's all right. We'll we'll move you right along, Jesse. Yeah, right. That's right. We got your back. All right. Well, I'm gonna. Yep. We'll kick this over to Neil. Uh, tonight, we're going to uh, introduce characters. We're gonna create a warrant. We're gonna build a ship. So nothing. Uh, maybe not too amazing, or maybe it will be amazing. Oh. Uh, I think it'll be amazing. Number one, banter. Number two, 
the forging of the warrant is pretty cool. Um, it's something I haven't gotten to do in previous games. Uh, that's where you actually get to choose essentially multiple factors of the warrant of uh, trade that you were uh, given by the Imperium that allows you to be a rogue trader and essentially outside of Imperial space break essentially any Imperial law that you would like as so far as you can justify that it benefits the Imperium in some way. So, Things like, oh, if I see an alien, I must exterminate it. That's anything within Imperial space. Uh, when you're in the Coronas Expanse, which is where this game is set, it's a little looser. Maybe just don't bring your alien friends onto uh, Imperial territory uh, on the other side of the breach. Um, but we'll get to that. What I would... Oh, did we just lose two people? Could we just lose oh, two people? no! your description already they're out this game's gay i'm out i'm sorry <laughs> that's offensive i shouldn't say that that's a mean thing to say i'll try not to use offensive adjectives such as that so that's right jesse wasn't here to hear it anyway burn i'll try to be more politically correct because you know i generally am but i've had several whiskeys so <laughs> don't make more work for me <laughs> I know. If you could edit that, please do. Uh, time stamp. Add. <laughs> uh, I don't know where Kevin has disappeared to, but what I would like to do is have everyone kind of ex is uh, have everyone introduce themselves. I don't know what that was. Sorry. <laughs> uh, as with their actual, whatever you want to be called, your your name name. I know people have. You'll eventually learn voices, but even if everyone could say your your name again or your person name, then uh, the name of your character would be awesome. And I may need you to spell that for me because most rogue trader names tend to be fucking ridiculous names that you would see in some kind of futuristic asshole land. Um, that's what I do as well. So you're encouraged to make your character have the most ridiculously spelled name ever. Um, and then your class, just because I'm going to make this spreadsheet up. Uh, and then anything you want to tell us about your background, you know, what you stand for, feel free to disguise any details that you would like uh, that you may reveal, you know, throughout the campaign and or reveal to me separately. Um, but that would be super sweet if we could go through and just kind of get everyone uh, kind of acquainted with who the characters are before we start building stuff together. Uh, I'm going to jump in since uh, John has his name up, and I could get that, and I know he's uh, the rogue trader, so he in charge. Let's go with, with John, introduce yourself, and then we're going to go in order. Kevin, Bessie, and Jesse in that order. Wow, the audio is choppy as shit. I hope it's not going to be like this all night. <laughs> it's not good, guys. Stupid good. Good yeah, well, it is what it is. All right, I don't – so it's me, it's John, playing in another game with Neil and a bunch of dudes, so it's awesome. Uh, I'll be playing the rogue trader for this game. Uh, his name is Venari Hollerman. 
Uh, I don't have too much of a backstory because I was waiting to kind of figure out how the warrant was going to shake out, whether or not we were successful or not successful. Uh, guaranteed, he's an asshole. Have that to look forward to, and that that's probably his his biggest trait. So we'll just we'll 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 pin that and uh, and we'll revisit it later. I'm not sure if anyone has seen. I just started watching Silicon Valley, and as their mantra goes, there's one thing that is the redeeming quality of all CEOs: they have to be an asshole. So as the rogue trader, you are by definition required to be an asshole in order to succeed. So you've gotten literally the top qualification of Rogue Trader down. <laughs> Number one, be an asshole. You got it. I've got the, I got the first beat down. That's it. That's all that matters. After that, fucking details. That's just details. So. Murder. Murder. Yeah. Pillaging. Let's go to Kevin. My name's Kevin. I'm playing Emmaus Core, who will be the Voidmaster. Uh, I think with Jesse's character, we're both shiplorn, so I'm trying to figure out a way to play that. So I do have kind of a backstory I think would play into being shiplorn, but I just need to double check with Neil if that's something I should bring to light now or if that should be kind of something under the under the covers a bit, because I think what Jesse had was he was working on a black ship. So I'm trying to justify the fact that my character was working on a black ship. I think I have a reason yeah, for that. I, I, if you're both ship Lorne, I think that's an interesting way of, of connecting the two of you, whether or not you directly engaged a, like on a day to day basis is one thing. Okay. Ships are sometimes kilometers long. I mean, they're like floating yeah. New York city is basically maybe you never interacted. Maybe you did, um, but I definitely would love to see you guys connected um, maybe by being on the same ship. So I think we can definitely try to, to work that in because this is all about the story building. I think this session is all about the story building. So when I think Jesse's backstory has a reason why he needs to get back to the ship. And I think I have a good one too. I just need to double check if the reason I need to get back, everybody should know, or if that should just be something that, that I keep under the covers and play it that way. So okay. I'll send that to you just to see. Good to know. Okay. We can do that. Bessie. All right. So I'm Bessie. I'm playing John and Margoon. He is a missionary spreading the emperor, the God emperor's light. Um, he sucks with a pistol. Do not give him any kind of ranged weapon. He will just miss. He'll just waste ammunition. Um, he was born and raised on a hive world, uh, has no idea what his parents were. Um, he was raised by his older brother until he was about seven, and his older brother didn't answer quickly enough when a missionary spoke, so was burned alive in front of him, and the missionary took him under his wing. So that is how he sees the god emperor's light being you know, kind of spread. It's kind of the be-all, end-all. Um, his whole left arm is burned by himself whenever he fails to live up to what he's supposed to live up to. He burns his own left arm out of penance. He's also insanely proudful and honor-bound, so he also will just burn the hell out of you just for giving him a dirty look or for, you know, kind of dismissing him out of hand. 
Um, he also loves to kind of intimidate people with his chainsword, not necessarily killing them, but causing them to have scars for the rest of their life. That about uh, that about sums up Jarnan. Um, he's at the moment he's on kind of a mission to spread the faith, and that is why he is why is he he's kind of teamed up with the rogue trader um, to spread the God Emperor's light to all the dark corners of the void. I love it. That's pretty much as uh, I think that's about as missionary as you can get. Um, you are devout, and you don't take no for an answer. So that's how missionaries are. That's how they should be. So let's spread God Emperor light all over this fucking heretic world. I think Jesse was saying that I think me and Bessie have a link also, too, with being zealot. So we'll have to try to figure out how I want to play that, too. So And then I think Jesse and Bessie have a link, too, further on. So. Oh, so are, is your Void Master potentially a zealot? Yeah. Would be the God Emperor? Shiplorn ship zealot, yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Interesting. All right. That's a good, good, I think that's uh, good to know uh, because there are times that perhaps, I don't know, perhaps, perhaps not, uh, some members of Rogue Traders crews may not entirely uphold the church's doctrine. (laughs) No. Uh, So it is possible that those things would happen, and of course you'll have some sort of conflict uh, internally with said interactions if that happens to be interaction. Or you just fucking burn every goddamn (laughs) heretic to the ground. I don't know. That may be your deal. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Jesse. All right. Uh, I will be. What? Uh, I am Jesse, and I will be playing Kynock of the House Granicus. He, uh, he was formerly a navigator upon the Aria Gloris, which is a black ship operated by the Silent Sisterhood. And now he is uh, the current navigator of whatever house, I mean, whatever uh, ship will be, whatever hunk of junk he'll be serving on now. Uh, his existence on the Aria Gran- uh, Gloris uh, was completely driven in solitude. Uh, He was surrounded by inquisitors who constantly monitor all of his abilities and uh, fellow psychers who basically trained him to hone his skills, Uh, as well as also weird creatures of the immaterium. So he, uh, he actually, as he kind of delves deeper and deeper within the, uh, within warp space and everything, uh, it's uh, it's kind of a, a 50-50 of where he uh, where he feels at home more. I will be ending my story there. There you go. Bessie and Kevin. That is unfortunately where Kynock's story does end. Jesse, after some contemplation, has decided to change characters and will be playing an arch militant. We'll get the backstory for Jesse's new character during episode one. All right. 
And we just we just lost them again, but though I'm sure they'll show Barry right back up. Dave, should we hold off on Dave? Does anyone know what Dave's playing? I don't think I've seen character sheets from people yet, so I don't remember what Dave's playing. Jesse, Bessie, do you guys remember? He, um, I believe, is playing the, the arch whatever, the arch militant. Arch militant? Okay. Yeah. Oh wait, I thought he was doing a tech priest. I thought it was tech priest yeah, but, too. No. Nah. He was thinking about it, but he ended up going. Hold on, I have my tree here. Uh, Death Worlds. Let's see, Fringe Criminal, Lost Worlds, uh, Explorer. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so he did go <laughs> with the. Uh, he did go with that. That priest. Yep. Yes. Okay. Uh, interesting. Uh you guys would be totally fine. Arch militants are fine, but you have plenty of firepower. I, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I'll take care of the firepower of that. Well, we technically don't need an arch militant. I mean, we do have NPCs that shoot guns. Yeah, I mean, it's not super important. Um, all right, let's, if you guys are cool with it, I mean, I guess let me start with, do you have any questions I know we've talked offline a bit about the system. For some reason, we lost a little bit of audio here, so we're going to cut right to building the Warrant of Trade. So what we're going to do is build the Warrant of Trade. If you want to open up the uh, Rogue Trader into the Storm expansion on page, if I think there's a page number on this page, 34, there is the path. So it's a very similar path to what you created for character backgrounds. Uh, and each of them has essentially role-playing uh, sort of uh, issues uh, and then mechanical benefits as well. So I'll kind of go through them briefly and let you guys kind of, if you want to go, I'm going to assume we're going to have top-down and then... If you have questions of like, oh, what does that mean if we go to this versus that, um, I can kind of give you the, the rundown. The first choice you're going to have to make is which age of the Imperium would your warrant have been granted? The Age of Rebirth was essentially right after what was called the Horus Heresy, which was a huge civil war within uh, the Imperium that was eventually won out. And at this point, if your warrant was signed during the Age of Rebirth. Uh, you get 12 ship points and 10 profit factor points. Do not use this as a... It's literally like anti-beneficial. If you take a high number on this one, it'll be a low number as your options for the next one, etc. So it does all balance out. So choose what you think is interesting, I guess, or what you would foresee your warrant or your house being your particular dynasty. So the Age of Rebirth, your warrant may have been signed by literally someone who physically met the Emperor. Like, it's that old. Like, you are like super old money. You are the folks who, you were given a warrant of trade so far back that, you know, one of the fucking generals who led this giant rebirth of humanity uh, had signed it. You get ship points of 12, fat, profit factor of 10. You get an art, 
Kotech component for your ship uh, in that case, because it's a very relatively old uh, warrants, you'd, you'd, you'd have been around for a very, very long time. Your family line would go back like thousands of years. Um, the age of rebirth then went into the forging, which was essentially um, basically consolidating. So the, the age of rebirth was like a huge expansion. And then the forging was basically solidifying the, uh, the, the position of humanity. So during this time, you'd be basically trying to establish colonies and planetary systems in service of the empire. Uh, so you get ship points of 10, profit factor of 8 in that case. Uh, the age of apostasy, apostasy, I don't know how that's pronounced, uh, apostasy, 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 apostasy. Let's we'll say apostasy. That's not I'll, I'll, I'll pronounce it as however you pronounce it. I'm going to go, apostasy! Um, so that's <laughs> Never <awesome>. mind. <laughs> uh, which was essentially another fucking, uh, basically a high lord uh, in the higher echelons in Terra basically revolted and tried to stage a coup. So, in this case, it's like huge turmoil. Eventually, he was put down uh, and overthrew him, and, and overthrown. Uh, so during the age of uh, apostasy, very chaotic times. Um, and you may or may not have been, I would say, on the winning side per se. Anyone you could have been on either side uh, of that fight. Uh, in that case, uh, the age of redemption was kind of the second coming um after the age of apostasy um in this case it was really um basically trying to retake uh and reconsolidate lands that revolted during uh the previous age and so this was basically like crusades putting down heretics and such um so this was more of the like yeah we're going to take back what was ours type of age and then finally the most recent age is the age of uh, is the waning uh which again as with all things you basically it's basically we took a bunch of shit over we fortified it there was turmoil inside we struck that down people came around to reconsolidate and take back what's ours and then we finally took it back we're still so big. The waning is basically now small scale alien skirmishes have, have basically turned into, you know, fucking just full scale wars. There's somewhat more chaos being bred within, you know, with various worlds and the empire is some, the Imperium is somewhat, you know, falling apart is probably too extreme, but uh, definitely in decline and having a hard time maintaining what they had retaken essentially in the, in the previous age. And essentially basically your, your, your profit factor and your shit points go down in, in each, each age that you progress 
uh, toward the most recent recent times. So rebirth, forging, uh, apostasy, redemption, and the waning is the most recent. You get the lowest profit factor and ship points, but you also, as a newbie, have more chance to make a name for yourself uh, and get more benefits versus an old money type of thing who who has very little growth uh, in some of the next stages. Do you guys want to talk about those ones? Have questions? I kind of like the forging myself, you know, being the rogue trader to be kind of like part of that second wave of expansion and, and all that kind of stuff. Not, you guys don't have to go with that. That's, that's fine. But it sounds like an interesting. Um, no, honestly, this is in, in this regard. Uh, it, I'd go with however old you want your your house to be. Yeah, but, I mean that sounds like a that sounds like cool like a cool one to me. Yeah. So do you want so the first so basically if you the second is basically the age of redemption is like crusades to take back after the coup. Were you talking the forging, which was consolidating after the first expansion of humanity, or redemption? The forging. Okay. So the forging is like everything expanded and then you basically needed, they were like, fuck, we got to like secure this shit. So that's the forging. So that would be ship points, 10 profit factor eight in that case. Mm -hmm. Do you guys, you, I'm more than happy for you guys to talk about that's fairly old. Like that would be very, I would say respected and potential. Potentially, you would even have some access to, you know, folks from, like, the Adeptus Terra and shit. Like, that's pretty old. That's about, a, you know, if you stayed on the side of the Imperium, you'd be fairly, I mean, there's, there's only a few rogue traders that'd be older than you. In that case. Oh, maybe we don't want to be, the way you're making it sound, I don't know if we want to be that old now. <laughs> Well, I'm just out of five ages. So it's one, two, three, four, five. It's number two. Yeah. Uh, the age of redemption would be four. So if you wanted that one, you're essentially saying after people tried to rise up against the Imperium, we went out and took back what's ours. That's kind of the, the redemption side. What do you guys think? Well, if you go apostasy, then you're one of the rebels in that time of upheaval then, right? Is that what that would be? Uh, maybe. Or is yeah, I mean, you're not necessarily time. a rebel. You could have been granted by the other side. Yeah. But it's not as... It's more of a gray area time where anything goes. Yeah, so some people were basically found as heretics and others weren't. <laughs> so it's kind of like all hell broke loose so it maybe you were overlooked maybe you were a traitor maybe you were on their side but people may not be entirely sure well you know, we have a, you know all in that actually i think that kind of sounds interesting um just in terms of a backstory perspective uh and for you john being able to kind of come up with this weird because i mean all the other ones are like you know i've been well respected for generations whereas this you could be like like i'm the first yeah. <laughs> or like my dad did this or something like that like right. like you you know there's 
or you could literally have been like your family could have been practically anything up until that point. Just well, kind of happen it, survive it. Right. Well, same thing with Age of Redemption, right? Especially with a mil, uh, a missionary on the ship. You know, we we could be part of that great crusade. You know, having the missionary kind of fits that sort of bill. And uh, you were on a black ship, so right, so that could have come out of the, you know, the age of apostasy. Like maybe you're that old, because you don't, you know, you don't live like normal human age. Like you know, you could be hundreds of years old. Yeah, people are hundreds of years old. Like the technology lets yeah. them live for a very long time. But these are like thousands of years per age. Oh, that's the age of apostasy, by right, the way, yeah. just so you know, some people will try to hide the fact that that's where their warrant is from. Because no people might be suspect of your motives. <laughs> just, to, I'm just throwing that out there. That, I don't think that's good or bad. I think that could have other interesting implications. So, you know, I'm not trying to sway you. I just want to let you know that it's kind of like gung ho, super old, helping kind of build the Imperium as number two. Then it's like full on. Who knows what the fuck's happening? All hell broke loose. <laughs> Number four is like really like on a mission, like crusade style belief. We are going to take back what was rightfully ours. And then the waning is like you're you're new, and maybe it's a an effort to try to keep the glory of the Imperium. Right. Well, me and me and Bessie are both zealots, then redemption would probably be a good way to go if John agrees with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm open. That That's fine by me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, apostasy would be – I could lead to some maybe more interesting – You'd be like the – Backstory ramifications, you know what I mean? One person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. You can go with that one. If you go with the apostasy, you can play both sides or you don't know. Yeah. If you're on the winning side, then you're the good guy. <laughs> on the losing side, you're the bad guy. Yeah. Right. It's a lot of that. They, 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 <laughs> yeah, they, they both have interesting role play perspective. Um, I, I could see – I could go with either. So what, what, what's the rest of the vote look like? Uh, my personal vote is for uh, – what was it? Is it – Apostasy. Four. Four of redemption. Uh, upheaval is three. That's apostasy. Redemption is the crusade. Yeah, for three, for apostasy. Yeah, I agree. With, I agree with Jesse on that one. Okay, apostasy it is. John, you're outvoted. <laughs> interesting. All right. That's a, I mean, I I think that's an interesting. I think that has a lot. Of, I mean, it has a lot of opportunities. Um, just because you may be less. May or may not. I mean, maybe that means you're trying to make up for something, right? So we have to watch our back. Yeah, like you have to watch your back. You may want to be more secretive about where things came from, but at the same time, maybe you're like, we were on the side of the Imperium, and we didn't. We aren't traitors. We were one of the true chosen, right? So that's an opportunity as well. So that does limit your choices. Age of Apostasy, you have several options of basically your status, your fortune and fate as of right now. Are you ascending, which basically means right on the rise, you're kind of up and coming, you're going to get additional ship points and uh, 
profit factor for that. Stable is much more, uh, you know, what, what you consider kind of like status quo. Um, things aren't entirely, yeah, it's not good or bad, right? You're, you're, uh, you're doing well, but you're not like killing it. Uh, or you could be struggling, which is, you know, you're on hard times. So you may have uh, resources that dried up. Maybe someone encroached on your territory. Maybe someone was granted a, a warrant of trade that then ends up, you know, competing against you. So that would be your call. Do you want to be on the upswing, on the downswing, or middle of the road? I, I, Only because I think that uh, that that struggle and turmoil make for a good story. I I vote for for struggling or whatever it was. Yeah, so struggling is um, could be disaster, could be incompetence, could be uh, you know external factors, could be someone encroaching. Uh, maybe an alien invaded a territory that you just retook. Um, maybe you invested too heavily in one side of the operation and it didn't pay off. So uh, the rewards for that are relatively lower, but then of course later you get additional, you get better stuff as that goes along. So there's no wrong choice again. Sure. Well, stable would be boring, I think, overall. Um, yeah. So the question is, I think stable, my opinion, would be boring because, again, it's, it's just meh. Ascending right. would mean you have something to prove because you've got to keep – got to maintain and expand or you would have to do struggling, which means you have to, like, turn your shit around. Basically, this you hit a key with me because one of my one of my <laughs> points is pride. <laughs> so, so you you might have swayed me over to rising. I was in agree. I was going to agree with you on struggling, just for the again for like the role play aspect because it it helps to write the story then, right? So like it could be that you know, like Neil said, maybe we just lost a mining colony or maybe just aliens took something over. So the the beginning of the adventure, not to write your, not to write your game, could be that like, hey, we're, we're in game. the process. Of, yeah, and we could be in the process right. of trying to either reconquer or, you know, maybe we're regrouping. Maybe this is like, you know, months down the road where we're like, all right, we need to like get our shit together and we're, you know, trying to lay groundwork and we have to do, you know, acquisitions and, uh, you know, networking to sort of kind of get us back to where, you know, where we were. I mean, ascending yeah, so is good too, let me, right? Let me, just, let me give you some perspective on the universe as a whole is that you were in Imperial space and what opens up is called the Coronas Expanse. A warp disturbance essentially opens up an entirely new set of star systems. Basically, imagine you can go to a bunch of different galaxies that you could never go to before. Completely unexplored territory. That's what's currently happened. So there is a port 
Court Wonder on the in, on the other side of the expanse, just like a foothold. Uh, actually, Port Wonder may be on the Imperial side. I don't remember. And there's a foothold on the other side. Um, that's just open territory. So you may want to think about, it seems like you guys are on one versus the other. Uh, struggling may mean someone took over or something happened to wipe out a good bit of your previous wealth or profits or whatever business empire you have going and you're moving the Cronus expanse to try to take advantage of this newly open territory. Otherwise, maybe you're a rising star who has secured some very interesting opportunities and see the Cronus expanse as a way to further that. But now people are gunning for you. So, I don't think either is necessarily better role-playing. I think one may be you are the underdog trying to win versus you are on the up and up and the old guard is trying to fuck you over. I think because I like that better. Succeed. Fuck the old guard. That would guard. be ascending then. So that would be ascending then, right? Yeah. So ascending would be you're the new pro- – you're like – you're the people that – you're the ones people are noticing. And people start being like – I don't like these guys. Like they're, where do these fucking guys come from? Right? Like what do they, who do they think they are? And so I think it depends on how you want to play it. Right? So I think there's pluses and minuses to each one. Just depends on whether you want to be underdog or rising star. I think either one equally interesting. I I think ascending. I I recast my vote for ascending. Fuck the, fuck the authority. <laughs> fuck the man. Fight the power. That's it. I agree. Other votes? Who, who, what else we got? I think we should – I mean, it's up to you guys. You guys are the crew. You can have majority. You could have the rogue traders. It's up to you guys. But metagaming, I think, you can choose rogue trader decides if at the end of a tie or you guys all vote and see what happens. I like the idea of you guys. I Agreement of the uh, of the ascending. You too, Kevin. Yep, I agree. John, okay. are you you good with that, or you've been silent through all this? Yeah, no, I'm fine with ascending. That works okay. for me. I heard him. I no, got I, you, Bessie. <laughs> I heard you. Was that ten ship? Eight. See, I'm just ignoring because I'm the rogue trader. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> So, I mean, I think it's an interesting – okay, I'll give you my insights as we're kind of going along. I don't think it's going to influence anything per se. I do think that's interesting, right, because Age of Apostasy was like this kind of – not shameful, but, like, people kind of want to hide it. Like, but now you're kind of like the black sheep. You came out of that age – now you're doing a little too well. So that gives us some, some reason for people to be like, what's up with these guys? So I think that's an interesting choice, personally. I think that's an interesting, right? Like, ooh, maybe they're doing too well. What are they doing? So I think that's a, I think that's a, cool, that's a cool idea for me, at least. Acquisition. Let's see. This is how you got your warrant, your options from... Ascending. 
blackmail pretty clear you some you somehow have something on someone in a position of authority and you say i want this or else i'm going to reveal insert whatever um the other ones are prize of so blackmail is um not by service but you're basically like hey i'm gonna fuck you over then you have prize of war um, which is in this case, um, basically you are given this as incentive to, to take on a crusade. I'm going to give you a warrant of trade if you take over this system. Um, so basically the option is either you were in the case of prize of war, you were either given it as an incentive to do something you may either otherwise not have, or you became so powerful in the military that they couldn't say no to you because you could have just taken what you wanted. It's sort of the, if you, if you get that kind of logic. Um, and then the other it's option might as well have said yes because if we said no then he would have just stolen the ship anyway <laughs> yeah like if you say no i'm just gonna take this battle fleet and do what i want but not this ship like battle fleet like you're so powerful you're like <laughs> give me what i want or i destroy like half your systems right like something crazy yeah. Uh, and the other one is a uh, ministorum bequest, which is the ecclesiarchy, which is the word I was trying to remember. The ecclesiarchy is the name for like the, the church. Um, doesn't have the ability to give out a warrant of trade. However, they do have a lot of influence. So they can in some way manipulate the system or request that certain people uh the ecclesiarchy's most influential members may be able to influence the adeptus terra to bequeath a warrant of trade on someone who's you know motivated by the church to do what they see fit AKA purge heretic slash alien slash whatever they whatever else they don't like which is those things. Um, so those are your options. So it's either the ecclesiarchy granted it, you were given it in as an incentive to say undertake a crusade or a campaign against a certain system and or became so powerful you could basically say give me that or else or you blackmailed somebody um and it's basically the choice between ship points versus profit factor well for and now just purely for story it would really suck for Kynock to be on an Ecclesiarchy ship. Well, I was going to say... However... Uh, sorry, go ahead. With, well, yeah, with, with Kevin and Bessie's characters on the ship who are very devout, I think that 
that would be very interesting and make the most sense. Well, I think if, if John doesn't mind the fact that he has a ship, you know, we have the Holy Ghost power. I think that's the way to go with Bessie and I, but I don't know how far back, you know, if, if it's a newer, you know, the warrant looks like it's older. Has it always been kind of driven by that? But maybe you always have, maybe there's always a strong church ecclesiarchy yeah. presence yeah. on said ships yeah. because of that warrant. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't not do it, but you could not other members, for instance, the rogue trader could be persuaded to do it. He, at the end of the day, the ecclesiarchy doesn't matter. Because they have no influence over the warrant once granted. They're hoping maybe they were very devout beforehand. Maybe John isn't devout. Uh, sorry, maybe. Venari. Uh, uh, Venari uh, isn't devout. Maybe Kynock has convinced him, you know, maybe he wasn't particularly devout anyway. And Kynock says, this is a bunch of bullshit. Like, why the fuck are we beholden to these fucking assholes? You never know, right? So, like, what you choose as the history doesn't necessarily mandate what you do now, um, but I think it could. It would certainly influence, number one, how NPCs address you. Um, for instance, you may be better thought of by the ecclesiarchy than normal, uh, and maybe it would give a reason for them to have put particularly uh, zealous folks on your ship versus I think all the other ones are equally fine. I, I don't think there's a reason not to pick them. So I don't want, I don't want you to say, uh, no. I don't want you to think I'm, uh, I'm playing one or the other, but I do think either any of the three is doable, but I also don't want you to think if you pick the ministorum, the quest that it, mandates everyone acts as a zealot no well so one quick question is how how far back does the warrant go in respect to the rest of the crew oh like, like do no one so at the age of apostasy mm-hmm. zero people okay like it would have been generations ago like that was thousands of years ago so theoretically we could be a somewhat newer crew just attached to this warrant now yeah no one no zero people on the ship today even knew a grandparent who was alive during the time you're warrant. oh yeah so like it's really far removed like there were probably it would have been like like today if your like your warrant would have granted been granted like in the Civil War. <laughs> you would have been so far removed. So and imagine that and everyone lives two hundred years. So, so like it's really far. So if you imagine like the first you picked three out of five, right, on the scale. If you picked one out of five, that would have been like so that would have been like fucking Greece, like ancient Greece. Or Egypt. That would have been so fucking far ago that no one would even conceive of the idea. 
So it is a very long time ago, no matter yeah. what you thought. Yeah. So we could do where the, if you pick ecclesiarchical, then it's Jernan and I pushing against the other two because we know the history of the warrant. Or if we go prize of war or blackmail, that's overriding it. But then our two characters want to get it back to the whole, you know, ecclesiarchical I mean, apostasy. It, Yes, yeah, so I would say ecclesiarchical. Ecclesiarchical. The the, the ecclesiarchy bequest would be interesting in that you may know that's how it was granted, and so you are there as agents, yeah. not agents as in like subversive or anything, but like you are there because they they because of the history of it. Yes, they want yeah. you to spread. Because they believe in it, the you know uh, the the teachings of the ecclesiarchy. Whereas, if you did prize of war or blackmail, you would. There are still fully ecclesiarchy members assigned to these ships, like a hundred percent. Not not to. So, yeah. John, not to not to write your backstory for you, but at the same time, I know you're kind of looking for the warrant to almost do that. But I think if if we do go with the um, Ministorum, I think it would be interesting if, say, like, up until this point, the ship has kind of been, like, on this ecclesiarchy path. Like, it's, like, spread the word of the God Emperor, and, like, this is what we've been doing up until you. Now, they're not entirely sure. <laughs> so that's why they've kind of stack the deck with these um, with you know for all intents and purposes these very devout people just to kind of keep an eye on you and make sure that the ship still continues to go in that direction well I would I was leaning towards the uh, the ministerum just because blackmail doesn't doesn't seem like the kind of thing that would work with the story that we're developing prize of war potentially, but I figured because of, of Bessie and Kevin's backstory, I, I thought that the, that the ecclesiarchy would probably be the best and it would be interesting. And even though they might not like you, they still need you. Like they can't do anything about it because without a navigator, you don't go through the war. So <laughs> exactly. You are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they probably don't like me anyway. Right. When I think I'm tied to Jesse because I need to get back to his ship that he needs to get back to because there's a reason I need to get back to it. So I'm tied to him just for that reason. So even though mm -hmm. we're coming at it from different ways, I think we're still trying to get to the same spot. Right. Yeah, no. So so we'll go with that one because I, I like that. And, and it brings you guys back into it as well. And mm -hmm. And yeah, it could be something that, you know, at the time in that you know, uh, age of apostasy that, you know, they're trying to, you know, solidify that foundation. And, you know, we were on the side of the emperor and, you know, my grandfather's grandfather's grandfather, whatever, you know, we're all in it for the emperor. And it's been diluted over the thousands of years. So now it's like, eh, whatever. Like we're going out there. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Which I asked, uh, I, I looked at your sheet a little bit and I know that there is kind of that, that slight, corruption in your line as well so that would play in really well with that too i think mm -hmm. yeah All so right. i think I like that, that's I where think we're that's at probably the most interesting choice i think it's always interesting to have 
an ideological choice, right? Because then you... I think it's interesting that every single choice we've made so far, uh, Neil, you've been like, that's an interesting one, okay? <laughs> I mean, I like the idea, but because it gives me something to do. <laughs> like, it gives me a, you, you haven't chosen, I'm a fighter, I swing a sword, and I was a fighter who grew up fighting. And it's like, well... By the way. <laughs> you know, like, okay, I, what do I do with that? Um, so I, I like the idea that I, there are strong choices that can influence other people's perception of the group, which I think is, is, is interesting, um, which, uh, which I like. I feel like it's strong choices. I feel like it's strong role-playing choices that give me somewhere to go with a campaign beyond just make money and stuff. I think there's a lot of uh, cool stuff that can happen. Well, and it sets it up too, right? So for, for Bessie's character and Kevin's character, there can be that animosity between, you know, the players where it's like, I'm going to go do this thing. And they're like, you know, that's probably not really a good idea. And the emperor wouldn't approve and be like, okay, so we won't do that, but then go do it anyway. And then when we get there, they're like, we said you shouldn't do that. Like, well, you know, we're already here. So we'll, yeah, next time we'll, you know. Yeah. So Dave's character would be the deciding vote or John's character would be the deciding vote because he's, <laughs> he's a rogue trader. So. But, but so he is leaning more towards the devotion side, I think. In a completely different fashion, though the the uh, the um, tech, tech priest. Yeah, they they have a whole oh, to the thing. Yeah. to the to the Machine emperor. Guy. Yeah, the, the tech priests are kind of like we don't give a fuck about the emperor as a deity per se. They really worship technology. So, if you've played Fallout, they're very much the Brotherhood of Steel. They're like, we're going to take technology and make it the best resource for humanity. <laughs> Regardless of if it's, even if it's alien. So, right, let me put it this way. If the Ecclesiarchy got a hold of alien technology, they would burn it. 100%. Put it in an incinerator. But the Adeptus Mechanica would say, we must study this because this power may give us an advantage against the alien forces. One thinks it's evil no matter what. The other thinks it could be useful as a resource for humanity. So one believes entirely in technology and the other believes entirely in an ideology. And they're super secretive too. Like they have their own home world. Like nobody goes there. You know, yeah, it's you like can't. we're doing our shit. Get the fuck out. A lot of people cannot replicate the things the Adeptus Mechanicus do. Like the Imperium itself, the Adeptus Terra would not know entirely some of the things the Adeptus Mechanicus knows, nor would they know how to create certain levels of tech priests who are so advanced that essentially they just hope that they don't go rogue basically 
they're like, well, they are given access to all this shit we get. So we have a, a fairly good understanding. But at the end of the day, the, adept, the adeptus mechanicus knows shit that they do not tell the administrative slash congressional unit of humanity. And that's that they're on Mars, right? Isn't that what that is? The... Yes. Yeah. 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 Mars is essentially yeah. all tech priest yeah. forges. They call them forges, but yeah. Um, so your options for how you are, what you're known for. So there's a, there, one is the, is a crusade in the Calixus sector, um, where essentially, uh, you know, worlds had been, you know, unloyal and you go in and fight alongside of the military and conquer the sector. That's kind of the crusade. The Maritech Wars uh, is another option, which is similar but less humane. Essentially, everything was eradicated. So it was uh, a bunch of people who were unloyal and deemed heretics uh, and had heretical technology from some cult, quote, unquote, that needed to be wiped out. So anyone who participated in that is essentially known for obliterating the entire sector of anyone who may or may not be um, related to such. So one is like a mil. Uh, one is so the first one is like a regular military campaign, normal battle, blah blah blah. We fought some stuff. It was all on the up and up. We won, huzzah! The other one's like we glassed the entire fucking place. Uh, and then the other one was more of a. Uh, a an economic the fall of the Tellurian Combine. The Tellurian Combine was basically a an uh, uh, economic entity who made a bunch of um, money from heretical activities, uh, quote unquote, um, in the Cronus Expanse and. Essentially, a bunch of people were tied to that. And in this case, you could have been against them, but most likely you would have been with them and made a bunch of money basically doing shit that the Imperium doesn't approve of. Um, that eventually was kind of taken down by the Imperium. They were like, this is not acceptable. And the Ecclesiarchy said, like, this is heresy. They're using technology that's heresy and doing much of shit that we do not allow. So you should stop them. So that's basically your three options in that case. So it's kind of normal crusade, honorable war, total annihilation of people in order to stop heresy according to the empire or the Imperium, or you're maybe part of this group who in the Calixus sector had a bunch of influence and money from 
this particular economic activity that was then deemed heretical. And so, shut I think based on the way that we're going, I'd throw the last one out out of hand. If, if the ship, we're going to say, and the, and the crew and the warrant sort of has a strong ecclesiarchical base behind it, if, if that's the way we're going to go. I yeah. think maybe the, the second one, the Maritech Wars, makes a little bit more sense story-wise then. So you have this, you know, righteous crew that's going to, to you know, going to bat for the emperor. And, you know, they go and they fucking kill all the heretics because that's what you do. Like, that would make complete sense. Um, and then the, the first one kind of, it said that the rogue trader house can trace through to this period uh, is, you know, supremely great, wield great influence. And I think that kind of is beyond the scope maybe of the way we've been discussing the way this house is. So I think that may be a little bit of an overreach. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think um, if you go with the other two, then it could tie it back if you want to throw a curveball to it and then get Dave more involved and go with the adeptus mechanic, you know, thinking at step ahead. If you go Maritech or the Crusade, you know, since we're pretty much, you know, church bound up till now, if you want to switch it up and go Adeptus and then to get Dave involved, or you can go with the Missionaria and the next up. So I would say either Maritech or the Crusade. So I was actually kind of leaning towards the fall of the Tellurian combined because I was <laughs> thinking that people with no faith are harder to convert than people with a lot of faith because if you have a lot of faith in one thing you'll have a lot of faith in another thing if you're converted and it could be the reason why they have such strong religious figures on the ship now is to make certain that there are no people involved with that cult on your ship that you know there was it was never proven that this ship was part of the cult but you know, they just want to make certain that it never was and that it's still not part of the cult now. That makes sense. Cause then if there is some sort of question in the age of apostasy, whether they were apostate or not, and then here they find themselves in this, you know, this situation that, you know, casts a further dispersion towards the house to be like, are they, aren't they? So that, yeah, that could work too. And yeah, then that could work. Like I was going to say that would work. David too, then. Hold on. What do you mean? One second. <laughs> that could work in Dave too, being the, the explorer, because if they, are, if they were using alien technology, that could be something that, you know, his line was interested in, you know, acquiring this technology or whatever. I mean, it could be a little bit of a hook for, for Dave's character. I'm just saying, I, I wanted to double check and read a little more. So the fall of the house, the Tellurian Combine. The Tellurian Combine, Combine was actually run by a cult who was in cahoots. Let me use that term because I don't have a better term. With a chaos demon? And so it is fairly un... It's not thought of well if you made your money off profits from insights gained from a chaos demon. So it, it, it's a question of your question would be whether you are still, whether you were just doing it for profit and didn't know about it or whether you were actually knowingly engaging in super heretical shit. Maybe less 
RP jive with kind of what you typically have done. Um, so if we if we take it to what Bessie was saying, if we go to the Maritech one, then it's you know it's either one or the other. There's no gray area. It's either black or white because. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's less. Well, we could have been one of the rogue traders against the Tellurian combine. Yeah, it's yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's possible. I mean, we, we could, you know, maybe we're trying to prove ourselves against the, you know, the, uh, the alleges of apostasy during that, during that age be like, no, we'll get in on that because, hey, we're all for the emperor. Woo. And, you yeah. know, make some money along the way. But, you know. Yeah, that's possible, yeah. Yeah. Originally, I was leaning. My first guess was going towards the second one where we just basically, you know, it, it, there's a, that history of just going in and, and destroying people. Because I think it gives the, the ship and everything a very interesting feel of the, the intimidation of that ability for that. But at the same time, that history of like almost that taint that we can do that, in, in, but they actually did it. Good thing or not. Uh, but I am now leaning towards the third one because I kind of like how it ties a lot of little factors from everybody. You know, we have kind of the the wealth and power and possibly the origination of the with not quite true means, but now the means of whatever that house wants to spit it into. Cause, and that, cause you can basically write your own history at that point. Um, and then there's the kind of religious aspect I'm interested in this chaos demon you speak of. No reason. <laughs> I would say that that I would say that the house is probably not, not even probably. I, I would say they were not a part of worshiping some fucking warp demon. Um, I would say you, if you, just, that. you could not. You could not know that, right? You may not be in the entire like. You may have just profited from. It could be a guilty by association, right? You may I'd not, be okay with that. But yeah. you could also say there are people. It does say you could have fought literally against them as part of the Inquisition. So that's another option, or anywhere in between. So are are we leaning towards the third one then? I'm kind of fine with either the second or the third one. At this point, yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards the third only because Bessie spun an interesting story for me. Well, it throws the only reason why I was leaning, I was leaning towards the third one a lot because, like you said, Jesse, there was there's like a lot of little things like the fact that our navigator looks totally like a fucked up demon, <laughs> and that your missionary has a lot of like knowledge about heresy and shit to like kind of you put a missionary with a lot of knowledgeable heresy to go onto a ship that you're not quite certain if they had shit to do with heresy or not. So he'd be able to spot anything that was kind of a little fucked up on the ship. So. Right. I think it's not so much that he had that they have like your guy could be there. Not so much because they have doubts about the house involved with the warrant, but more so that they want to keep an eye on the ship itself. 
Yeah. Also, hi, Dave. Hey, how's it going? Dave! Hey. <laughs> how's it going, guys? Good. Your, your volume's a little up if you want to adjust down. God damn it. Shocker. <laughs> uh, how about now? Yeah, that's right. All right. Yeah, freaking Hangouts loves doing that to me. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So you want to do your character introduction now, and then we can, uh, I guess we could, I guess pull it and stick it on the front end. That way you're with uh, everybody. Well, here's the thing. I actually got to talk to you guys real quick about something. He's uh, not ready. No. So, well, to make a long story short, I actually had a four-hour one-on-one meeting with my boss today. Um, and one of the results of which is that I am no longer in charge of making the schedule. So I can no longer guarantee my availability to play. Um, Dave! So I, I will not know definitively until Wednesday. So as of right now, like, I don't want to commit to playing this with, and like, then have to bow out later. So I didn't know if you guys wanted to like have me be on like a hiatus for the time being and like not have me involved right away. And then if I can finagle it, bring me in later. Would you guys be okay with that or? Yeah. I mean, I think that's potentially fine. Does it look like you would maybe be working every Monday or is it just kind of like the week, the schedule is going to change from week to week sort of thing? Uh, looking forward, like my days off are going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays as opposed to Mondays and Fridays. Um, why that's changed in particularly, I don't know. Um, we weren't able to finish our conversation because at the four-hour mark, my boss had to run into the bathroom and puke. I'm not oh, sure if it's because the conversation was getting so heavy or if because he just wasn't feeling well or what it was, but it, it was just a very interesting experience. Um, but I, I should be able to have a definitive answer for you guys on Wednesday. But as of right now, it's not looking good for me. Mm. Okay. So I am going to leave it at that. <laughs> I apologize emphatically. Uh, unfortunately, this was a conversation that needed to happen. And the plan was for it to happen two and a half weeks ago before I went on vacation. And he had his own meetings and other stuff to get tied up into. And it just wasn't able to happen until just today so yeah sounds like fun well yeah, yeah i mean so and, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean we can leave you in the wings um and see you know if your schedule permits then we can you know always do character intros the next time that we play and you know if yes. it turns out that you're not going to be available then and that's it like thankfully like i mean it's kind of a weird way of putting it but thankfully if it had to happen it happened today um, so that we didn't get like, you know, X amount of time in. And I, mean, and I know it's easy to kill off a character if need be, um, but I think it'd be much better to start out like with whatever dynamic you guys develop and then just find a way to bring me into it if, it come, if we can. Uh, but if not, that way nothing is hurt and everything can just progress the way it should. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean I, I'm totally fine with... T- you're on a ship that's millennia old. And dealing with crazy shit. So as a tech priest, maybe you're dealing with emergencies. If you are able to make it for a particular mission, maybe you're on the ground crew. But otherwise, it's like, I'm fucking making sure that we can get into the warp. So that's fine by me. Awesome. All right. I really appreciate that, guys. And again, I apologize. 
Nah, no worries. Shit happens. All right. Hey, the real world trumps pretending to be a <laughs> post-apocalyptic cyborg. Which is exactly why the real world sucks so much. I know. The real world's a real fucking bummer. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. I'd rather be a fucking cyborg mechanic. Right. All right. So with that being said, I will leave you guys to episode zero and wish you all the best and let you guys know as soon as I can what's happening. All right. All right. Well, thanks, thanks for guys. popping in. Yeah. Well, I figured something like this, I, I definitely wanted to like do it, you know, no, no, lack of a better way of putting it face to face, at least yeah, like yeah. have you hear the explanation as opposed to me just like typing something out and things being misconstrued. So like, I just wanted to at least stop in and like speak to you guys in person. Nope. I appreciate that. Awesome. I right, guess have fun. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, man. Yeah, no, thank you. All right. So we'll, <laughs> I guess we can still stay with that option though. Cause it was, uh, somewhat ancillary to Dave's. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it would have provided a hook for Dave, but I, I think there's, there's enough meat there for everybody else to kind of, and, and we can always work out exactly how, you know, which side of that whole conflict that, that we were on or, or that the, the house was on. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, that was it. Yeah, no, I think it still provides a, a link for him if, if if he is able to play for why his character. He could even make it so maybe his character kind of pushed to get on this ship for this specific reason. Right. That works. All right. So we're gonna go with fall of the Tellurian Combine. Yes. All right, that means your contacts options. Pretty straightforward. Pirates. They're pirates. Maybe you've met on the field of battle and convinced them that you're worthy to interact with, blah, blah, blah. A merchant house, powerful trade organizations. And then the Missionaria Galaxia, which is essentially a branch of the Ecclesiarchy. That's basically your options from, from where you are at the moment. Oh, let's see. Tying into the current, I mean, I think that the 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 history of it is kind of the deviation from the path that we've been taking so far, which gives it the interesting backstory. But I think that the the missionarium would be staying more on tap with its path. Uh, yeah, I think it, it does play into the, the direction that we've been going in. Um, so the, so the, so my character has a, a pure underworld, which isn't pure pirates. So I guess I think is a, actually a separate thing. I would not have a problem with pirates since it's all about profit. Um, I would be leaning either profits or, or merchant house just in, in, to kind of break that flow a little bit to kind of change things up. So you could maybe see where, you know, we've had this, you know, uh, root in, you know, potential apostasy and, you know, sort of, you know, being involved with, with the church and then the emperor and stuff. And then maybe at that point you start to see that break a little bit to where, okay, now we're going after profit. Now we're, we're looking out for us with that. Yeah. It's the emperor and that's cool and all, but like, you know, we're out in the middle of fucking nowhere and I got to put some gas in this bitch and I got to, I got to feed these guys something other than, you know, dead people. So 
that could show the, the, the deviation in the line that the house has been taking, which is why they've tried to bolster the crew so much with the devout. And yeah. why the old yeah. houses have such a problem with us actually ascending, that we're actually doing good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why they're so pissed off because we have been dealing with pirates and, you know, there's shady history, but hey, we're still turning a pretty good profit and suck it. Well, if you're going to go big, you might as well go big and go pirates then because Merchant House is just boring your trading. You might as well go pirates, right? So, and yeah, pirates I have, to, I have a good to. option. Right. Okay. I, we, we could definitely go pirates. And and maybe what I'll do then, since we're not, uh, if, if pirates is, is a pure talent, I can switch out Underworld to that. Um because it's just it's just part of character backs, you know, part of character creation. So I can easily swap that one out. I I went underworld in character creation just for the fact of that sort of underworld, underhanded. You know, we're in it for profit. You know, where you know where can I make a quick buck? But that just as easily translates to pirates as well. Um, so we, I, I can I can flip that for sure, and we can go in that direction. Yeah, that works for me. All right. So we are going pirates. All right. If you're going pirates, that means you're required to take infamous as your warrant renown. Infamous. It's the only option. Uh, All right. Is point six. Interesting. Because this may be a pretty big boost to your profit factor. So as far as infamous. Some rogue trader dynasties are known for all the wrong reasons. A house purged in the aftermath of the fall of Trillerian compound, for example, might be held as an object lesson in the follies of dappling and things man should not fuck with. Other houses are known for ruthlessness and not regard with any warmth. So, essentially, because you, you could play yourself as losers on the Telurian combine war, or you could just be known for doing what you need to do to get shit done in order to make money, because that's what you're meant to do. Mm-hmm. So, like the A team. That means your <laughs> final profit factor is 50. The I final. Just- 51, because I have a plus one for my background. Ah, you motherfucker. All right. I would say suck it, but I don't want to anger the GM this early. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... Does anyone have anything else that adds to something? Like shit points? I don't think so. Otherwise, your shit points are... uh, Doubt it. The shit points are 42. I think that's pretty average. Yeah. Oh, that comes out a couple ships on our thing already. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to double check that Pirates is a is a, a peer talent group. Although if not, Underworld, I guess, would still work either way. Yeah, I mean, it'd be close. I'd probably count them pretty similar. Uh, it is not in the book, so I guess we'll stay Underworld. Unless you want to add it. I mean, I guess that's up to you. Eh, I'll count it as Underworld. 
I think okay. that's sufficient. All right, now that you got that, do you guys want to do the ship? Sure. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com. Yeah, unless you really min-max it. Like, you can you can shift your warrant so that you have very little money and more ship. That's basically the option. But then that also leads to role-playing consequences. So, Cash poor, I don't know how... Well, we've never really used money in a Rogue Trader game. So in a yeah, meta sense, like... I'm going to make it more of a... I don't want to call it a wager-based system per se, but for instance, buying stuff and succeeding on a large scale will probably burn profit factor for you. Hmm. Because there are some things that are not revenue generating. Now, maybe they will generate resources and revenue eventually. But if you're like, I want an army, right? It used to be like, I want an army. I roll. Oh, it was under my profit factor. I get it. Oh, yeah. that seems kind of suspect because you would have to, like, drop a bunch of money to get those people, right? So... I'm going to make it more of a, we'll probably tweak it over time, but I definitely want for big investments, it, it's going to be a balance of the risk reward, right? Like I'm going to pay several points of profit factor to buy this resource to allow me to take this resource. And if you take it, yeah, you'll probably make profit factor. If you lose, perhaps you'll lose your money. Um, so is it going to be like an odds and evens kind of thing, or are we still rolling profit factor to succeed on that expenditure? No, buy, so for like, if you want to buy like a thing, right? Let's say you wanted to buy like a power sword. Well, that's not going to take like a point of profit factor. So that one you're going to roll for. It's for the big stuff. Like, I want to buy industrial equipment to mine this giant ore vein. Then you might have to spend a couple profit factor points up front. And then depending on how well you complete the mission, you would get more or less profit factor gained. Okay. So like, let's say you spend two profit factor, get all this equipment. And then you go and you're trying to take on the aliens that live there and they really put up a good fight and blah, 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 blah. Maybe you get the equipment destroyed. Or maybe you kick everyone's ass and you get five points of profit factor back. Right? So it's kind of like you're spending, but I'm not always going to assume you guys are going to succeed on absolutely everything. So it depends on how well you complete certain things. You, you know that we are the PCs, right? <laughs> Yep, I know. I know, baby. Shit, doesn't it go to rank? Is it rank nine? Rank ten? Is that uh, uh, ten? Ten, I think. So, like, at rank one, if you're like, I'm going to fucking take on this rogue trader, you know, 
I'll probably also have some way of dealing with ship repairs. If you're like super damaged, you may have to like you may have to like spend ship point like profit factor to recover ship points. 